everyone. Happy Freya. Welcome to episode 16. Uh, today we have a very special guest who's near and dear to my heart, Preston Dennett on the show. Um, as you may recall, Preston Dennett is a leading ufologist, over 35 years experience in ufology, ETs, and, and, and all of it in the gamut. And please go check out his YouTube channel. It's out of this world, literally informative. Go check it out. I'll put a link below that that you can go see it. So I want to thank you, Preston, for being on the show today. <laughs> and I want to and we're here for a very special event because we're celebrating the release of his new book titled Symmetry, where he features a UFO. Well, you, uh, an ET contactee, uh, Dolly Saffron. Saffron, sorry. Um, and it's a it's an extraordinary book, and I had to dedicate an episode on this because um it's just it's just how could you not it's just amazing what's what's being brought forth um by dolly and i think it's imperative we share this message today so um without further ado preston could you explain how you and dolly met and how the book came to fruition also the significance of the title symmetry yeah yeah sure thanks pam i'm excited uh <laughs> this is really an interesting thing you know, how did I meet Dolly? Yeah, is uh, not the <clears throat> excuse me normal way uh, that I would normally <laughs> uh, come in contact with a contactee um, who's you know perhaps read one of my books or seen my videos or perhaps I work with them or they're a friend of a friend. I mean, I meet people in a lot of different ways. They'll come up to me after a convention. But with Dolly, it was different and very different and so strange and cool. Uh, it was Dolly had decided that she wanted to go public with her story. Okay. She's, a li- she's a lifelong contactee uh, and uh, had contact like, yeah, her whole life. And she's now in her 60s and it's quite a story. And she wanted to find someone to help her tell her story. Mm hmm. And uh, she wasn't sure how to do it. And she talked to the ETs. She's very much in contact with the ETs. She's a fully conscious contactee. Right. Yes. Sorry. That was the significant thing is that she's fully aware of what's going on. Yeah. So when I say that, I mean, she goes up there hundreds of times a year and talks to them and spends hours, days, weeks with the ETs. Okay. She basically has a double lifetime (laughs) uh, that she's a double life. So she's living among the ETs and decides she wants to tell her story. And they're, they said, are you sure? You know, this is a big deal. There's going to be some people who might not believe you. Uh, some debunkers, you might get attacked. Um, you will change a lot of lives, but it's going to cause a lot of attention. Right. And she says, yes, I want to go public because I know there are others like me. And I think it's time we all step forward. And they said, Okay. And uh, so she starts looking for a researcher and can't find any that she really likes. Uh, And she starts to get a little bit frustrated because she's not been exposed to the UFO field. She avoided it. The ETs basically told her, no, we don't want you reading any UFO books. Stay away from this stuff. There's a lot of disinformation out there, a lot of liars. And uh, she dives into the field and realizes, oh my gosh, you know, this is not what I thought it was. Right. The, the whole phenomenon is being misrepresentative, misrepresented and couldn't find anybody. And the ETs told her, oh, keep looking, you will. And she's like, well, I'm not finding anybody. And they said, well, check out Preston Dennett. We want you to look at his videos. So hang on, the ET said that? Yeah, they used my name. <laughs> um, she did not know who I was. From the ETs, that's crazy. <laughs> And I have to tell you, that is not the only time that's happened to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's happened a few times. And I think this, you know, once or twice before that and once after this. this. But so, yeah, I'm apparently famous in outer space, <laughs> which is a freaky feeling. <laughs> they're watching, you, Preston, <laughs> all of us. They're watching your YouTube videos. I told you they're good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's how you could that's how you connected and they gave her the name symmetry correct uh well they talked about it okay she, she was searching for a name and uh i wanted to call it dolly among the stars oh i love that name <laughs> <So cool. laughs> 
which was, I thought, a nice, fun, descriptive title. But we ended up using that for one of the chapters. Okay. But I asked Dolly, you know, it's this is your life story. If you have a title you'd like to use, I'd certainly be open to it. And uh, she says, I do have a title. And I've discussed the ETs, and I want to call it Symmetry. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting title. Why would you want to call it Symmetry? And after... How, you know, by this point, I'd already done all the interviews, and I kind of knew the answer <laughs> uh, because the word had come up in her descriptions. Right. Because she's been to other planets, yes. a lot of them. So she's explored life throughout the universe from a very early age. They were taking her to other planets to study life. Yep. And it was shocking to her to find out that life is very much the same throughout the universe. Mm-hmm. By that I mean on other planets, there are pine trees, there are pigs and bulls and deer, chickens, you know, all of it is very much the same throughout the universe. And for that matter, there are people, uh, humans, looking very much like us, but different. Mm-hmm. There is an incredible symmetry throughout life in across the universe. That's beautiful. I love that. I had I wanted to include that because I thought that was really it really puts into context this this interview and what we're going to explore today. Yeah, it kept coming up, you know, in the plant life, even in you know the star systems, um, the macro universe, the micro universe. There's symmetry throughout, you know, from an atom to a solar system. Yeah, all of it, it has an incredible symmetry to it. Okay, so speaking with that, then, um, can you just can you speak of just Dolly's background briefly? Because her dad was in NASA and he was in the military and the mom and her mom too. And just just a bit. Of, I thought that was important because he, he the dad plays a big role in 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 the part of um, of her unfolding there. Yeah, yeah. Dolly grew up in Florida mostly. Okay. Um, her father was an Army Ranger, a sergeant. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked with NASA. He was an architect, quite highly placed, okay. uh, high, high security clearance. And he was often away from home. So usually it was just Dolly, uh, her mom, and her little brother, Bobby, who was, I think, three, four years younger than uh, she. And Dolly uh, grew up basically on the edge of the Everglades in a small sort of farm ranch house. And had an encounter starting around age 10, mm-hmm. or I mean, I'm not sorry, age 10, 10 months. <laughs> yeah. So, so very, very early. And, yes. Uh, grew up, you know, she her first job, I think, was, you know, pet groomer and yard work and babysitting, but became an assistant manager at a Wendy's, did a limo driver. I mean, she had a wide variety of jobs, a security officer at a Wells, Wells Fargo bank. Uh, and a registered she, nurse, which I think played well in one of her duties on board the ship, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah she was a nurse. She was a zookeeper. Wow. Became a part-time bus driver when her daughter was in a school bus accident and she didn't trust any school bus drivers. <laughs> <laughs> so she did a lot of positions. She eventually worked for the Internal Revenue Service, a job okay. she did not like. Right. Who does? Uh, <laughs> And she got out of that and ended up working for the Department of Defense. Yeah, right. Uh, under a number of capacities. Okay, yeah. So uh, an incredible resume, really. Yeah, I was just thinking that as well. It was just it's just spans every different kind of field, and and um, I think that's interesting. Um, can can we go into like her? She doesn't like the word abduction, so maybe you could talk about that a bit. But her experience, uh, which is really significant, we're going to jump into it with uh, a being she calls Mama. Yes. That um, that experience. So with Dolly, her experience is, again, very early, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which she doesn't really remember a lot of. She remembers her first experience at 10 months being levitated out of her crib, freaked yes. her out. From that point on, she kind of always slept with her foot sticking through the bars of the crib. So she would <laughs> levitate out. <laughs> right. And she kept disappearing from the house. And right, that yeah. freaked her family out because they couldn't figure out where she'd be gone. And suddenly she'd reappear once they found her six months from the house. 
So these sort of things were happening. They put on six, a lock. Sorry, six miles from the from the six, house. Yeah, six miles. To, yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, at a utility store, they had to call the police. Uh, so these things were happening. Uh, they put double locks on the doors. Got guard dogs. Still, she kept disappearing. Uh, at age, so she was starting to have some recall of this, right? But it was very much locked and missing time. She knew she, something was happening. Right. Because at night she was having these vivid dreams of going places and meeting okay. people. Okay. But she really started to come into it a little bit around age six or so. Okay. That's still early. I mean, that's early. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when she was, she had just seen the movie Mary Poppins <laughs> with her family, right? Yeah. She's out yeah. in the front yard under this huge ficus tree and just looking at the sky and the clouds when she sees this, what she perceived to be an umbrella <laughs> coming down out of the sky. Right. And she's looking at it thinking, what the heck is that? <laughs> and as it comes down lower and lower, she can see it's not an umbrella. It's something else. It's not Mary Poppins. <laughs> no, which, you know, she thinks probably that was a screen memory that they put forth. Oh, to, I see. Okay, yeah. Which, you know, we certainly hear about a lot in UFO encounters. Mm-hmm. And next thing she knows... I mean, this is was a craft, right? And it comes way, way low, and she's inside of it. And she's looking at this beautiful lady. And uh, she says this lady was not a normal-looking person because she was bald, had a quite large head, okay. uh, blue eyes, uh, okay. bald, very tall, just over six feet, very slender. She was a tall gray. Yeah, okay, so she was gray as well. Okay. Yeah. Very, very pale skin, very okay. small nose, thin, thin lips. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dolly didn't think of her as anything, you know, monstrous or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are very accepting. So, someone looks different. They don't care. Of course. So she's like, wow, who are you? And she says, you can call me Mama. Okay. And, you know, and, and we are going to be in contact with you. And we're go- we are going to be working with you. And uh, we we want to know all about you and what are your likes and dislikes and sort of had this introductory conversation. And uh, Dolly was thrilled because her mom, by this point, was having a lot of trouble with Dolly and was not super demonstrative with affection mm-hmm. and uh, was very strict and they just didn't have a good relationship and it just never really went in the right direction because Dolly kept disappearing Mm -hmm. uh, from the house. So it was not going well. And uh, this is how she met Mama the first time. That that was the first visit. Yes. If you could talk to us, because she met um, shorter grays on the craft as well. And she talks about later how, um, just, just who are the shorter grays and also if you could touch upon where they kind of explored the solar system with her, because they were showing her things and educating her about the ship and that the fic- the fact that the ship also has consciousness. Yes. This began shortly after that experience at age uh, six. Right. So she started being taken on board, but this was still all kind of shrouded in missing time. Okay. It was sort of dreamlike to her because she was remembering it, but she couldn't categorize it or interpret it. Right. So she wasn't sure what was going on with her life until around age 14 when she became fully conscious. That's what, yeah. So, so, so at age 14, she started to really click it in place. So let me just jump to there and back, okay. backtrack a little bit. Yeah, because there's lots, of, <laughs> there's different <laughs> memories and segments and, and different places she goes. So yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because it's hard to talk about, you know, what's going on until age 14, right? Okay, let's do that. Uh, Because that's when it all sort of clicked for her. Okay. And uh, by this point, you know, Dolly's been having these incredible nighttime experiences. She's like thinking she's going to other planets. Uh, She's remembering it and she's seeing these greys. She didn't think of them as greys. She wasn't thinking UFOs or aliens at all, right? Right. Because she's just a little girl. But age 14 comes around and, uh, you know, she had seen UFOs and she was starting to think, hmm. <laughs> uh, so at age 14, she's 
staying up real late watching the stars through the telescope and her dad's like go to bed go to bed dolly and she's a spitfire you know just constantly into mischief and he's like fine and uh goes into her room mm-hmm. as not tired at all she doesn't sleep much many contactees don't okay and she's just gazing out the window looking at the stars and realizes that the sky is filling with these star-like objects okay and not just a few like 50 or 100 or more of these star-like objects mm-hmm. and she's like looking at them going what <laughs> what's going on and she sees they're now pairing off and moving off darting directions and two pairs come dropping down right in, over her area. And one okay. scoots off towards the nearby neighborhood. Okay. And she's at the edge of the Florida Everglades. Okay. And one comes right down over her house, into her backyard, right where she's looking, right over the trees. And she sees the trees swaying back and forth, back and forth. And uh, there's no wind. I was just going to say, was there any wind? But no. <laughs> okay. No. So that was confusing. And she's looking at this craft, and she's like, okay, memorize it, memorize it, memorize it. And uh, she's looking at it. It's a metallic craft. It's kind of not completely saucer-shaped, teardrop-shaped sort of. And uh, it's metallic, and she's looking up at it. It's got lights on it. It's got two windows. And looking through the windows, she can see what we now know as grays, short little grays. Okay. What she would later learn were AI or Android Grays, biological robots. She wasn't aware of that at this point. Right. But she can see the large dark eyes and the big head. And sorry, did she say the 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 robots had personalities as well? They're anthropo that word. <laughs> um. Well, sort of. Okay. Um. It's a little complicated, and uh, I'll I'll explain it in a sec. Okay. Uh. But uh, she's looking at them, thinking, "Oh my God, those are aliens," <laughs> and they're looking at me. And that scared the pants off of her. Yeah. So she turns and dives under her bed. Okay. Doesn't make it under her bed. The whole room fills with this piercing blue-white light. Okay. She blacks out. Yeah. It's morning. Next thing she knows, it's morning. Right. She's lying on the floor. (laughs) Wakes up and looks down. and She's wearing someone else's pajamas. Inside out. Okay. And she's like, "Oh, oh, no. Yeah. And, you know, she's 14. She can reason at this point. <laughs> uh, so she's like, they got me. I know they got me. They, uh, they t- I, I, I've been taken. And uh, she couldn't remember at this point. But she quickly cleaned herself up, went downstairs. She could hear her, hear her mom in the kitchen. They were a farming family. They get up quite early. Mm-hmm. So it's like 5 a.m. or earlier. And uh, she's like, Mom. Anything weird happened last night? And her mom's like, turns around and says, what are you talking about? Lights, you know, weird lights. And her mom says, no, what did you see? Mm-hmm. And Dolly's like, I think I saw a UFO. And that her mom hated this subject. Okay. Hated it. And okay. was furious with Dolly because of this. And this right. is what pretty much destroyed their relationship. And so Dolly's mom says, no, 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 no. And uh, so Dolly kind of clammed up, drank her first cup of coffee that morning. <laughs> right. Ever. And uh, is kind of upset about all this because she has nobody to talk to. And uh, her brother absolutely is terrified of the subject, won't talk about it. Okay. But her dad is happens to be home, which is very rare. And he comes walking into the kitchen as Dolly's walking out. And he stops her and says, I heard what you said. And uh, we'll talk later. But you need to meditate on this. Yeah. But let, let me backtrack one second. Uh, yeah. While they were in the kitchen, the radio comes on. <laughs> and it's the news. And they're like saying, ah, UFOs were seen last night over the Florida Everglades and Dade Land Mall. And two wow. police officers. So here's confirmation for Dolly. Exactly, yeah. So she was thrilled. She's like, okay, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. I know this much, at least I'm not crazy. Because this is what all you know, contactees think. Please let me be crazy. This can't be happening to me. Yeah. So Dolly goes into the bathroom and starts meditating and instantly starts getting flashbacks of 
these greys being pulled on board and uh, seeing inside of the ship and so forth. It freaked her out, so she kind of pushed it out of her mind. That was a Saturday, right? So Sunday comes along, and she goes to school on Monday, and she has this huge headache. She's just out of her mind with this. Her best friend says, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened to me on Saturday. <laughs> Dolly's like, what? She says, well, this UFO came swooping down over us. <laughs> Dolly's like, oh, no. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah. And her friend's like, I want to tell everybody. And Dolly says, please don't. Don't tell. They're going to laugh at you. Okay. Uh, so at any rate, Dolly goes into one of her classrooms, and the teacher's looking at her and says, what's wrong? Because Dolly's head is aching, right, from all of this. And she says, I have a headache. I have a terrible headache. Mm -hmm. And the teacher says, here, well, come with me after class, and I will help you out. He has a biofeedback machine. Right. Which is I, I was like, what teacher has a – I want to be in that class where they have a biofeedback machine. <laughs> right. Bring that into school <laughs> right now. Let kids, you know, understand that. I had some good teachers, but that was very few. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at any rate, it was this little machine with electrodes which hook up to a train. And if you can bring your brainwaves into alpha, it will make the train go. And so he says, do this. You know, it's a very good relaxation exercises. Don't worry. You're probably not going to make the train move. Most people can't. And, uh, but it will help you relax and might help your headache. And so Dolly's like, okay, and she puts on the little electrodes. And mind you, she's very intelligent at this point because she's been trained by the ETs right. uh, for years. And I'll get back to that in just a second. Uh, but uh, So she knows what alpha waves are. And uh, so she puts on the electrodes, and immediately the train starts moving. <laughs> Because uh, she just and he, like, and he was surprised by that because no one does it that that immediate. Yeah, but she just goes om and goes into alpha. Right. Because this was another thing she was trained to do, not only by the ETs but by her father. Okay. Uh, because her father knew apparently very early on what was going on, because he's a contactee, which I'll get to as well. Uh oh, yeah, <laughs> things are, things so, are so stacking baby, up. There's there's baby baby steps here for our. <laughs> <laughs> we went from, from like childhood to now 14 to her school exp I mean there's a lot I mean we haven't even we have we really haven't scratched a lot of the surface yet so yeah, uh, <laughs> just move you know putting it all in a nutshell as best as I can yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, doing this biofeedback exercise opened up her mind and it oh, all came flooding back and so okay. she rips the electrodes off and says I have to go <laughs> so she started to remember Yes. Okay. Uh, full on, it came pouring back in at that moment. She knew. And so she rushes into the bathroom, splashes water on her face, and says, I'm, I'm going home, <laughs> and walks home. Okay. And, and takes the bus. It's many, many miles. And remembers everything. And what she recalled was being pulled on board. They, they sat her down on the floor, and she there was Mama. She says, I'm Mama, I'm Mama. You remember me, right? You remember me. And Dolly's like, yes, I do. And wow. It, it instantly threw up. <laughs> and that's kind of like a trauma response a bit too, right? Because it's the shock of trying to amalgamate all these memories and totally different worlds and experience, right? Especially for a child to process that. Um, it's just natural that the body kind of goes into its bleh moment, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. So they cleaned her up, decontaminated her. No. Yeah, they're they're big on decontamination. <laughs> yeah, put her in a little room with lights that come down. Okay. And uh, gave her some clothes to wear, which were ET clothes, like a gown. Okay. And uh, the little greys were there. They're AI. Uh, these are short, three, four foot tall, and these are android robot type beings, but they are basically like avatars. Okay. So another intelligence. A gr another gray will inhabit them and sort of wear them like a suit. That's in that's freaking interesting. Yeah, like that's it's kind of interesting. So yeah, I guess an avatar would be the best way of putting it. So yeah, they can can absolutely have personalities. I see. Okay. They don't need to be avatar. They can be autonomous as well. Okay. So and when they're autonomous, no, they don't have emotions. And so. 
when she was just to put it to context, when she found herself uh, early on in 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 childhood or early on in her age uh, with her clothes being on backwards, that was because she'd be brought on board the ship and she'd had to rush to change back into her clothes, right? And she would put it on backwards. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Right. Uh, and also, you're pretty much not thinking about your clothes <laughs> at that yeah. point because it's it's so many more interesting things are happening. Can you so, can you jump? Go ahead. Go ahead. Just to wrap up this experience at age four, fourteen and connect it to her childhood. Mm-hmm. So she's on she's on board and she's looking at the ship and the the ship says, "Do you remember me?" The ship itself. Yes. And she's like, "Yes." So the ship itself is conscious. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Ship is yeah. a living being. Yeah. Which, which is. You know, it's a ship, right? <laughs> it's metallic. It's got biological components. Right. It's, but it's indwelt by a higher intelligence, a very okay. high-dimensional entity okay. who gave her his name. She could have pronounced it. She, so she calls him Talara. Okay. T-L-E-R-A. Yes. Uh, and she's like, yes, I do remember you. And, and so they're basically reorienting her. Like, you've right. been on the board before. You remember us, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And they said, okay, it looks like you're ready to really remember. Do you want to remember? She's like, mm-hmm. yes, I do. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. So they gave her this long counseling session. Yeah. Said, yes, now you, we're so glad you remember. Um, you, you're basically emotionally mature now. You're an adult in our eyes. Uh, we want to know if you really, truly want to work with us. Mm-hmm. She said, yes, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we have all kinds of opportunities we can offer you, you know, working with the animals on the ships and, you know, working with all these different choices, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, flying the craft. Flying planets and the learning, you know, all, all of that. Yeah, there was a whole everything involved with that. Yeah. And so she says, I want to fly. I want to learn how to fly the craft. Okay. And they said, okay. And they gave her a tour of the craft, you know, short of the engine room. <laughs> Showed her the observation deck, showed her all the rooms, and uh, took her on to the control room. Said, mm-hmm. "Here, sit down, and we'll fly to the moon." And uh, like, they what, did. Can you imagine being like a kid? You're like 14, right? And you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the moon, right?" <laughs> With my ET friends. <laughs> yeah. Not the first person who's told me this. Right. So, so Dolly's story may sound fantastic, and it is, but it's not wholly unique. Even even with the ship, I just wanted to say um, I haven't. Fi- I'm finishing the second my second book, and I was writing about a ship, you know, that has consciousness. It's an entity you can bond with it, you can talk to it, you can share your secrets with it, and kind of like it's just a friend. I would see it as right. And then I read that, <laughs> and I I mind Celestine, so celestial. Um, and uh-huh. and I heard I, I know right, and I and I it's, it's a she, and I heard. Dolly's story and she's so brave again so courageous um for sharing it and and then I heard and then it was nice to hear your reference saying you've heard that before yeah now to hear you saying it but Pam that's not a coincidence (laughs) 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 just so you know I was just I know I had I had one of those I had one of those moments I tell you I had one of those moments um and and I have to say um I read your book back to back. It's 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 hooked on everything. And it was just, well, this is personal, but I felt like, you know, like that trauma response you're going to throw up. I had some moments like that. You know what I mean? It was, it was, a it's like, it's processing. That's all. And I think when people are ready, they'll be ready. <laughs> and yeah. Dolly was like, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing the cover of Whitley Strieber's book. Yeah. That alien getting that same sort of visceral response. Right. Yeah, it is a visceral response. That's it. You you read something and something out of your unconscious, I like to say the body always remembers. The cells have intelligence. And when that response comes, that's coming from a real, a very real place. Yeah. Yeah. So they take her to the moon and you know, she, she rises up, she can see the earth. And they said, that's the cradle. That's right. The that's what they call Earth, the cradle. Yeah, they don't, they don't say Mother Earth. They say cradle. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was actually really beautiful. And, and can, uh, you say, can you explain why? Um, they say that that's where our life 
that's our, our basket of life. Okay. And that's what they basically told her. It's our, where our life is nurtured. So. And how, and she saw the back of the moon? Yes. <laughs> the one that's locked. And what did she see there? There are, is an alien base. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people suspect that, so. Yeah, I figured that out, actually, because <laughs> uh, I, I talked to a guy. Well, that's a complete separate story, but, <laughs> but yeah, I found evidence of that for sure. Okay, uh, okay, good to know. And other contactees have said as much. So, in essence, that was what happened to Dolly at age 14. And she's like, okay, now I realize what was going on when I, because she remembered being taken to Saturn. Saturn, the Jupiter, rings. Mar- all, yes, yes. All, and all of them. Yeah, yeah. And it all started to, because when someone has a, a UFO encounter mm-hmm. and suddenly it will bring, it opens up their memories and it all comes flooding back in. Very okay. much like a near-death experience is that one guy told, told me. Oh, wow. I mean, he was 21 years old and didn't think he had UFOs in his life, pulled yeah. on board and, oh, he had UFOs. <laughs> and he remembered fully. And that's what happened to Dolly. So now she, looking back on her life, these sort of dreamlike half memories became crystal clear. Sorry, and th- oh. the, the remembering process, is that at different ages for people? Have you found or? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, more often than not, <laughs> uh, people will live much of their adult life and uh, they'll be like 30, 40 years old and have a close-up UFO sighting. And that's when they're like, oh, well, this explains those little people who come into my room when I was a kid. I see. Or, I, yeah. I mean, so they'll be adults and yeah. and not know they are a contactee. Yeah. Dolly and, yeah. is 14, so she yeah. got a big early start on this. She got a big wake-up call early on. And uh, it was because of her fortitude. She's very outgoing. And Dolly is a spitfire. <laughs> she really is. I mean, she was bit by a rattlesnake. She's broken many bones in her body. She's yeah. she was struck by lightning. <laughs> she was stung all over her body by hornets. She's wow. always getting into stuff. She was nearly yeah. bit by a shark that came and brushed up against her. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if it's going to happen to someone, it's going to happen to her because she runs towards it. So that, she runs towards life. <laughs> and that's great to ca- I mean, that is presented in the book very well, her personality, because I can read it in your, um, you know, in your research and, and your interviews with her. And I can really gauge that she's uh, she's like the first in line go getter to get this to, to get things done. And I feel like she's breaking that barrier for Earth by sharing her story again. Yeah, and this is why I think she was so successful in becoming a conscious contactee. Right, okay. So, not, look, now, you know, she's remembers this. She remembers not only seeing Saturn being right up next to the rings, and seeing you know, the giant, giant rocks that make up the, the belt of Saturn and the ice and the dust, because they're all very intricate. She says, you... People don't know. People don't know how many moons there actually are out there in our solar system. So she got to see stuff close up. She's like, you don't know Jupiter. Right. You don't realize how beautiful it is, how many different colors there are, how fast the winds are blowing. Yeah. And she's, her clearest memory was being taken to what she calls the learning planet. Oh, I, I absolutely adore this. You have to get into that because I was just like glued when I read that. Yeah, this is the learning planet or the tree world. Right. And so this started around age six, all the way up to 14 and beyond. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, she would be taken there on board Talata and with would land on this planet. And there'd be a group of other girls. Right. A dozen you, or so. Can you explain kind of like the entry exit as well? Like, how is she taken there? Because... And just go over like that wasn't she did she think at first it was like a vivid dream and she's like no they're actually physically taking me there just so we set the context that this is not that this is a real place she's going yeah she knew these weren't dreams okay but she like many contactees there is no way to reference this okay 
and they will call them dreams knowing they're not dreams uh, because they're awake for one thing. Okay. And uh, often they'll come back with their clothes on backwards or sticks and stuff in their bed or, you know, marks on their body. So they know it's not dreams. Okay. But we'll call them dreams. And she's taken by a beam, she said, or? Yes, there's different ways. Often okay. it would be what she calls an energy ribbon. Okay. Uh, which is essentially a beam of light. And she says it comes, it wraps down around you, and it's very electric, and it puts you in sort of a semi-paralysis and pulls you right up. She says always the AI grays would appear in her bedroom. Okay. Because they never just pull you out with just a beam. They come first. And all, you all go up into usually a two-seater, uh, and that takes you to a larger craft, which takes you in between planets Wow. where it's safe to jump to another planet. Wow. This is like there's a whole process and protocol to this. So, okay. Yeah. So now the learning planet. So she's taken to the learning yeah. planet or the tree, um, the tall trees. Yeah, which does have a name, though she won't give it. <laughs> <laughs> there's some stuff she's just not allowed to tell. Right. So uh, this has happened hundreds of times, so it's hard for her to separate individual incidents, right? Yeah. I mean, so, like going to school. It's hard to remember a single day at school, you, but you remember, <laughs> you know what I mean? School. <laughs> You'll never forget school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so but she, what she recalls is, you no, know, this planet was larger than Earth, hmm. and, you know, perhaps twice as large, but a lesser gravity. Uh, so gravity is not completely dependent on size, it's density, it's electromagnetism, it's your distance from the sun. Uh, we don't understand gravity. Dolly will get into it, but I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more about magnetism, Okay. really, than anything. Okay. But at any rate, the gravity there was much lighter. She could jump 20, 30 feet in the air, which is, of course, the first thing she did. Yeah. Because uh, you know Dolly, and uh, the Greys are there like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like guardians. Yeah, because yeah. they're uh, very protective of the children. Yes. And uh, they're like, no, don't, because Dolly saw these flowers, which were taller than her. Giant flowers. That's awesome. And they're like, stop. <laughs> that, that one will kill you. It's poison. <laughs> and, and so she... You know, she but she says it smelled so beautiful. Wow! And so, and and she was and there were other I'm gonna call them class classmates because it, to me this felt like an early childhood education program. I, I'll tell you that it did because it was like hands-on learning. Um, it wasn't all theory and practice. The children got to learn. They got to learn from each other. Um, and they were in a tree. They were in a tree house learning. Yep. Yep. She says that there were these ginormous trees yeah um which when i say ginormous like a skyscraper you know like a 30 40 story building mm -hmm. bigger uh and enormous trunks you know an acre wide uh you know devil's tower in wyoming i don't i'll see uh, i'll see if i can grab a picture well, I mean, it was in a close encounters of the third kind okay okay um so it's a fairly famous rock structure okay dolly, said, dolly was told by the et's that it was actually a fossilized tree earth, wow. you know, earth used to have gigantic um, trees and giants on earth too so yeah but that just gives you a little bit of a reference point of what dolly's talking about and uh so yeah they take her up into this tree where there was this pagoda <laughs> or a tree house yeah um, and uh, it was a long stairwell, which kind of wound around the tree trunk. Yeah. And you, and you could walk up the stairs or just leap from landing to landing, which all the kids really loved to do. That's awesome. And uh, from early on, they started teaching her about morality and ethics and right. how all life in the world is connected and how we're, we are all one and the importance of doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And that was really the primary lesson in childhood. Wow. Which that was ingrained in her. Yeah, which we need to do that in school. You know, screw math. We need to <laughs> teach kids to love each other. 
Yeah. That yep. is the yep. important thing. And once that was basically the foundation, of, then they moved into math. Okay. And biology. Okay. And, you know, chemistry and physics and quantum physics. Wow. And, and history. And did I mention astronomy? Well, all of it. Yeah. So, and this was a very heavy duty education, which was not structured at all the way no. we do it. No, it was different. I, I, I wrote in the book Galactic University, but it's kind of like you're taught by the ETs, right? She's taught by the ETs. And um, you kind of, it's like a self-learning process. Yeah. Someone, one of the students would say, why is the sun hot? <laughs> so they would learn about the sun. Someone would yeah. say, you know, why is the sky blue? So mm -hmm. they would learn about light scattering and, you know, this but, sort of thing. And she was she was taken to, um, oh gosh, uh, like there's a glass and she could see other planet systems and they're kind of observing it. Yep. yep. Right? It's a, it's some, often do, they'd be taken to the learning planet. It's like a field trip. <laughs> but sometimes they're like, okay, we're, go we're doing something special today. Right. We're going to go to a planet which is at the end stages of its evolution. It's yep. dying out. And we want you to study the life. Mm -hmm. So they did that. And, and sometimes... Only rarely would they land. Okay. Uh, because that was more dangerous and much more involved. So often they would just hover over a planet. There was one planet that they repeatedly visited, and they watched it basically boil away and break apart over a period of visits. Now, there was an importance to that, too. She was studying basically the nature of when a planet comes to its end and kind of a rebirthing Phoenix process. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. So and she was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. This is when they were teaching her about the symmetry of the universe. Okay. And the life and death cycle of stars planets. and planets. Right. Right. You know, suns eventually micronova or macronova, supernova. Mm -hmm. And start over and they taught her about black holes which are not wormholes they're more like garbage disposals which grind up everything and spit it back out for new star systems wow and uh, they took her to a water planet quite frequently the scuba yeah. planet i like the scuba that was yeah. preston that was like she was she said she has never breathed clean air like that before and there was so much life in the waters that it, it's, she's like every inch you would just hit up against a fish or something. Like it was just that luscious and clear and vibrant and bright and alive. Yeah. She says the earth is a dead world compared to these other planets. Right. She says, you just don't understand the, the skies are filled with birds. There are creatures everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Earth is the heaviest planet she's ever been on. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so often on these other planets, the life is much larger. So they'll have chickens, which are, you know, four feet tall. I know. I, I saw <laughs> and hummingbirds that are like, how, how big are those? They're massive. Yes. Big ass hummingbirds. <laughs> if I may. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I had to read that twice. I'm like, how big is like I try to visualize that outside my window. People be freaked out. <laughs> yep. So the life is much more lush. Okay. And she loved this water planet, which she called Dolphin World. She dolphin hoping, World. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> she was hoping that she'd see dolphins. She never did. Okay. Uh, but she saw all kinds of life. She'd dive into the ocean, and fish were swimming around you in huge numbers. Wow. They, they gave her these little bracelets to put on, which she believes would repel the carnivorous fish. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And they had little breathers, you know, rebreathers, we call them. Yeah. Um, which was much like a water sack that they, or she described it as a little tiny backpack, a very advanced thing, very advanced mask. Yeah. They gave her little water, little tablets that and markers. Yeah, and then she's doing data collection and learning about species and the life cycle and all of that. I mean, come on, like, like that's why I call it early, early childhood education. Like, this this type of education system is far beyond what we have on Earth. I'm just going to say that because I think a lot of parents 
would want their, uh, <clears throat> I know a lot of parents actually who would love to have their children have more hands-on experience, get out of the desk, right? Get out in nature, feel connection to the land. I know, you know, a lot of indigenous cultures and, you know, people, there are people on this planet that, that want to return to that kind of way of living education instead of just a dry textbook and just, right? Yeah. So she'd spend like, you know, three days at the tree world or three days at the water planet or three right. days on a big mother ship, which we haven't even gotten into yet. You went on, not yet, that's um, later, but yeah. But, uh, then she'd come back and be put in her bedroom maybe a, an hour later. Okay. So they would compress, pull her out of the time stream and put her back. And she'd go through as complete... If, as if no time has passed on Earth. Yep. So she goes into complete culture shock again. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then like, her mom's like, okay, go to school. And so Dolly's going off to, you know, grade school, and they're talking about two plus two is four, and four plus four. And Dolly's going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because this is just remedial for it's, her. Yeah, it's, it's going to bore her out. And so she could not take it. And as a rule... Um, she drove her, each and every teacher, out of their minds. Right. And uh, she said, I already know all this. And they said, no, you don't. And she says, test me. And, of course, they could not stump her, even with adult stuff. Yeah. So they're like, go out of my class. <laughs> go to the library. And so she basically didn't have a normal school. She spent her primary school in junior in high school in the library largely and she was um, reading at a college level correct early on uh, like a, uh, yeah so she yeah okay yeah at age six seven eight she was reading at a college level uh, so <laughs> okay which okay. is not terribly unusual <laughs> I, mean, I, I was also very precocious by the way oh, there you go. <laughs> so um when she said that i'm like hey dolly me too i, I was reading adult books at age nine, no. What? I, That's awesome. Uh, I I was very lucky, I guess that way. No, I think that's um, great, and 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 it's well, it, it's lucky if if a, if a teacher can catch that early on and kind of nurture that. That would be. Yeah, for me, I had a lot of older brothers and sisters, and okay, very intellectual parents. Made a lot of books. <laughs> and that's true. Like, the parents help out. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, good. The parents help out a lot. Yeah, and Dolly's family had a big library as well. Okay. She, she scoured it, and they were lots of science books. Okay. And okay, now that we've kind of, like, just generally, I mean, again, go read Preston's book for all the details. I'll put a link to it on Amazon um, so you can grab it. But um, there's one thing I want to touch on on in her <clears throat> early on in childhood was um, her dad was check testing her psychic abilities, right, since we're talking about these different abilities and I guess he had a colleague or a friend where where he took him took took him took Dolly sorry to um like the woods or something to test out her remote viewing and all these things and she did really well and then if you could talk about that and then how he abruptly pulled her out of the program yeah yeah Dolly's father was a contactee as well he was taken on board so okay. he was able to counsel her through a lot of the stuff I see. Knew, okay. knew instantly, very early on, that Dolly was okay. She's having these experiences. Okay. As a very young girl, Dolly would say, "Oh, Aunt B, you know, I'm just making that up, is right. about to come around the corner. <laughs> oh, this person got in a car accident, or you know, I know what you're thinking." <laughs> and she would say it. <laughs> That's just how you said it. I know what you're. <laughs> and, and so she was super psychic and. Her mom did not like this, <laughs> boy, you know, yeah. getting her in trouble. So Dolly, everyone knew in the family, she was psychic. Yeah. Occasionally her mom would say, go give readings for my friends, which always surprised Dolly because her mom you know, hated it when she did this. Yeah. But it, And Dolly levitated, physically levitated a few times. That freaked right. her out. She did yeah. telekinesis a few times. Yes. She, she learned to keep that secret because, <laughs> <laughs> mm, no. So uh, at some point, her dad's like, wow, maybe I should get Dolly tested. Yeah. And it takes her to the army base. I think this was Fort uh, Benning, uh, maybe Homestead Air Force Base. Okay. At any rate, uh, 
she was taken there by her father. There was a group of other children, and they were given these sort of exercises. One was reading cards, like, okay, what card is going to come up next? Mm-hmm. And she was able to do it with 100% accuracy all the way through the deck. Wow. Which absolutely floored these military guys. Yeah. You know, the military intelligence. Yes. And so they're like, okay, do it again. And she did it again. And, she, and they're like, wow, look at this one's good. We found a good one. Yeah. So they would, you know, she was like, there was a lot of kids doing this. But she was like at the top of the class. Okay. And uh, she, they did various exercises like that. And then like put them on separate desks, which were facing each other, but with a barrier in between and had one person draw. And the other person guessed what the other person was drawing. So uh, remote, so yeah, remote viewing. viewing. Yeah. Which again, she excelled at. Mm-hmm. And so they were thrilled. And these intelligence guys were like, okay. And they started giving her blood tests and EKGs and all this stuff. And uh, they approached her dad and they're like, your daughter is off the charts. The best we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So we want to put her in a program. Mm-hmm. And again, just to, so just to, sorry, this was all with the dad's consent, all of this. So just, yeah, just yeah. Knows, yeah. He's there the whole time. I mean, she's, yeah. you know, this was around age five, six, seven. Okay. Uh, when all this was going on. And her dad was considering this when he was approached by a colonel friend of his, mm-hmm. who was actually a very famous person. Okay. Uh, and uh, very, very highly placed in the military. And he said, don't join this program. Okay. You will never get your daughter back. Wow. She used as a military spy. Wow. Do not want her in this program. Trust me. Pull her out immediately. Wow. Right now. Don't yeah. wait another second. Because they'll, you know, do whatever they can to take these children. Right. And uh, he didn't say a word. He just walked in. Grabbed her and just Grabbed took her, her yeah. pulled rank, said, I'm taking her. They're like, no, 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 no. And he didn't say it. And he hired guards after that because she was under constant surveillance from that point on. Someone yeah. tried to kidnap her. Uh, she's still under surveillance. Yeah. And that, that surveillance continued on to her adulthood, which you witnessed a vehicle parked outside her driveway. Um. Yep, we went to a UFO convention. This is the right. first time I got to meet Dolly face-to-face. Yeah. And uh, we rented a little Airbnb, and uh, we went out that night. The UFOs came down. I saw them. <laughs> she said, they came yesterday. Here's the film. And we watched it, and then we turned on the news, and they're, like, talking about the sighting. Wow. And uh, so uh, and uh, we went to the convention, it was a week-long convention, so we're driving back one day because we were right near it. And uh, I'm like, Dolly, I think this car is following us. And she says, probably is. And because uh, there's all these streets you have to turn into, right? And it's following us. I'm like, huh. And so we pull into the driveway and park and go inside. And this car stops just down the street. And then as soon as we walk inside, it pulls up. And stops right in front of the driveway, blocking it. So so blatant. Absolutely blatant. Yeah. And I'm looking out the window. I'm like, Dolly, look. <laughs> She's like, told you. I mean, this is what I live with daily. And I'm like, what? but why would they even do that? I mean, what, yeah. aren't they trying to be, you know, discreet? She says, right. no. Yeah. No. no. I'm, they park in front of her house. She goes up there and she's brought them cookies. <laughs> she's like, here, have some cookies. <laughs> She's done this. I don't think I put that in the book. I should have. That's the thing, though. She's not bothered by them. She doesn't allow any fear. There's no fear in any of any in anywhere in this book. I don't detect any fear at all. No, I would say she is bothered by it. It's annoyed. Annoyed by it. And her ship did something, correct? Because they protect her. If you could. Yeah, because sometimes yeah. these military folks will, you know, invade your house. Right. And take stuff or have plans to do stuff that is not okay. Right. And uh, don't know exactly what they were planning. Perhaps it was surveillance equipment of an advanced kind. Okay. Bugging, bugging the house. Yeah. Uh, 
the ship came down and fried the vehicle. It was basically a warning, like, no, leave her alone. Yeah. Yeah, so she definitely has a, I said the same phrase to you, she has friends in high places that, that are looking after her. Yep. Okay, okay, so... Um, before this is a, this is another topic I, I wanted to discuss before we kind of get into her her um, you know later in adulthood um, events. Uh, I just wanted to talk about implants and because she she talks about them as well and kind of like what are they for? Are they at, at different locations? Like what what's the significance? Why? Oh, you are so good at this, Pamela. <laughs> Getting to share her story in such great detail. Thank you. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, um, very early on, Dolly yeah. experienced what she believed was an implant in her ear. Okay. She's like, what the heck is this? And she pulled it out and it, uh, well, let me see which was the first one. There's, there's several. There was one she pulled there out of several, her. several, yeah. And, and kids do that, right? They'll always pick at it until it bleeds. <laughs> yeah. And I believe it just fizzled away. Yes. And uh, she had one in her nose. She pulled that, was, that yeah. one out. Yeah, she pulled it out of her nose and she, yeah, she said it, it just disappeared. Um, and then she was explaining why it's there. Yes. And because uh, she, she she eventually asked the ETs, like, what is, it, what is going on? What, what are these implants? Yeah. And they told her what I already knew, mm-hmm. uh, actually, because I had heard this from um, other contactees one a lady in australia who's a conscious contactee she okay. told she did the same thing asked the same question they said the same answer they told dolly okay that the purpose of implants is almost always health related okay and there's variations of this but it's to monitor your vital signs and make sure you're okay, okay. so we know that if something goes wrong or off balance we will okay. be immediately alerted it is to boost your immune system. It is to measure the levels of pollution in your body. Wow, that's detailed. Wow, okay. And this okay. Is, and things like this. There was one. She was once at work, 19 years old, been studying how to pilot the craft for about five years. Yes. And uh, one time she's at work and she's you know working as a security guard at Wells Fargo with her partner, you know, yep. co-employee. Yeah. And they're going through all the doors and making sure everything's locked. And suddenly Dolly's entering the elevator at the top of the building. And then next thing she knows, she's not entering it. She's exiting it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And her friend's looking at her like, what, what are, what's wrong with you? Right. And Dolly says, I don't, I don't remember what happened. I think I, I had a seizure or something. Cause she's not used to missing time. She always remembers. So missing time was sort of new to her. Okay. In a weird way. Even though she had had it as a child, it had stopped. She would always right. remember. Yeah. But this time she did not. Okay. And her hand felt super sore. Mm-hmm. There was a big dent on the door that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And they checked all the doors and they were in fact locked, but they could see that uh, she was missing time. And she went home and she's like, I'm going to have to ask about this. She's in <laughs> telepathic contact with Talana at all times. That's so cool, yes. Or with Mama. Like she can talk to them while she's, you know, at school, Any, anywhere. Yeah. She's like, what's up? <laughs> Did you take me? And they're like, yes. We have just given you the key. You are now ready to fly. She's it's like, like the, the key? car key, right? It's like a car yeah. key. It's like getting the keys in a car. <laughs> exactly. There was this, this little implant that helps her to link with the ship. Mm-hmm and allows her to manipulate the controls, which are super advanced. But and she, she uses can, a, a round ball, you were saying that description, and it, and it seems to come up often too, that similar kind of description. Yep, yep I've heard it before. Mm-hmm. So, But that is a case of an implant that's used for another purpose. Oh, I see, okay. So there are other purposes. Okay. Uh, but they're, they're not for mind control. No. Okay, the okay. ETs, <laughs> ETs do not, this is, stu- Dolly's story, right? Yes. She says the ETs do not mind control. They don't do it. She says they don't abduct people. Uh, they invite them. And every single person, this is Dolly saying, yep. uh, who is taken on board has at some level given permission. They've given consent to it, yes. And so when 
an ET talks to a person, they are talking not only to your conscious mind, they're talking to your superconscious. They're talking to your entire self. Wow. So a person may feel like they're being kidnapped against their will, but they're not. Okay. Because they agreed to this. this okay. Because so, we hear that often, right? So this is kind of like, this is the backstory to explain that. Yeah. Uh, which you eloquently did right now. So yeah, Dolly was implanted. She would remove it and they'd, she got in trouble a couple of times. Like, stop doing that. <laughs> you know, these implants are for your own good. Right. St stop picking them out. She's like, well, okay. don't put it in my nose. It's irritating. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so we went over the implants there and then... Later on, so she's learning how to fly as she progresses, right, uh, you know, into teenager and, and adolescence. And um, she's built a bond with the ship. Uh, she has the key to the ship um, in, in her hand. And then can we talk about the mothership before we talk about the Dyson Sphere? Because <laughs> yes. like, that's, you were early on describing about, you know, a two-seater to this and that. And let's just talk about that process and then we'll head into the Dyson Sphere after that. 